welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, August the 11th. And whenever you listen to this, wherever you are, I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's joy. We are going to uh, actually, I know, crazy, isn't it? We're actually going to read the readings for this coming weekend. I know we took a detour last weekend. But by virtue of a detour, it means we get back on the main highway and we move. And that's what we're going to do this weekend. We're actually going to read two. They're too good not to. Both of these readings. Both of them, very well known. Um, And so, as always, my word of caution to you is because they're well known, I invite you not just to let your mind wander until we get to the end, because I think uh, all of these scripture readings, um, they've got layers, they've got layers and, and they have things to speak to us today because even if the word doesn't change, we change, uh, in between the hearings of that word. And so I invite you to open yourself in whatever way that is. Uh, and so you can receive this word as if for the first time. Uh, again, uh, as always, I invite you to, uh, to prep yourself however you need to. But here are the readings we're going to hear. We're going to hear the first reading. It's from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, verse 9a. Then we're going to skip to 11 through 13a. So really, that's just for those following along. First uh, Kings 19, 9a, and 11 through 13a. It's exactly what you're going to hear at Mass this weekend. Use the same translation. The gospel is Matthew, of course, because we do that sequentially, except when we step out of it for last week's feast day. Uh, But this is Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Not even going to tell you what the stories are. I just invite you in to open yourself where the Spirit takes you at this time. And so with that, my friends, let's break open God's Word together. A reading from the first book of Kings. At the mountain of God, Horeb, Elijah came to a cave where he took shelter. Then the Lord said to him, Go outside and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will be passing by. A strong and heavy wind was rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a tiny whispering sound. When he heard this, Elijah hid his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Again, invite you to to ponder in whatever way, if there was an image, an idea, a word that stood out, a phrase, you know, where it pointed something to you for the first time that you've heard. Sit with that, because that's where the Spirit's going to meet you. Turn off the pod if you need to and just sit with it. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After Jesus had fed the people, he made the disciples get into a boat 
and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and began, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Those are so good, aren't they? They are so good. What did you hear? What did you hear? As I read these, and I've been pondering them for the last uh, 24 hours or so, you know, I always tell you that, that there's a thread between the first reading and the gospel. And I had to sit there for a while and think, what is the thread between these? Um, was it that Elijah heard Jesus, you know, in the, in the sound of silence? That's one translation. That's what it says. You know, so every time you hear that song by Simon and Garfunkel, you can think of this reading. Here it says that tiny whispering sound. And Jesus went off by himself to pray to hear that. God speak to him in that silence of prayer? Maybe. Maybe. What I came to is the fact that there are storms. There are storms happening in both. Now we may think, oh, that storm appears to be like an earthquake, right? Or a strong driving wind uh, or a fire. Uh, and then, of course, the storm on, on the Sea of Galilee for the uh, disciples. But again, after I pondered it more, I don't even think that's it. I, I, I do like the storm imagery, and I'm going to stick with that. But I don't think it's the, the driving wind or the earthquake or the fire. I think it's the storm that's going on in Elijah. So a little bit of background. Elijah, it's a wonderful story, and it's, it's worth reading. I'm going to not do it justice, but it's actually a really funny story. Elijah is mocking the, the prophets of, uh, gosh, it, uh, you know, what is it, Babylon uh, that, he's, that he's doing it for? I'm not really even sure. I should have done that research before. I think the Canaan. I think it's honestly just the, the Canaan. I don't think it was Babylon. I think it was the Canaanite people. And he's, you know, all these prophets are up here trying to get God to do something for him. 
and and Elijah just toys with them. He toys with these prophets. It's a great story. Go back and read it uh, in uh, in First Kings. But anyway, bottom line is, it turns from funny to a little gruesome when uh, Elijah, you know, comes through with with you know Elijah's God does. I mean, Yahweh does. Uh, comes through for Elijah, proving that that he is the God of of um, all peoples, and not the the Canaanite gods. Um, and uh, and ultimately, all the other prophets, and there were hundreds, hundreds. I mean, again, whether they tell them the truth or exaggeration, I don't know. But hundreds of them die. And so Elijah splits because Queen Jezebel is angry and is looking to take his life. And so he runs away, ultimately runs to the Mount of Horeb. I mean, at, at, along the way, he, he sits against a broom tree and wants to die. And he just says, I want to die. Take me, Lord. And an angel has to strengthen him so he can go the rest of the way to this story, to the mountain of God, Horeb, where Elijah encounters God. My point being, Elijah's in the midst of the storm. I think they're comparing Elijah and Peter. Both of them in the midst of a storm. Both of them encountering their God. So here's my first point. Two points I'm going to make today. And the first is this. Listen. God can be anywhere. God can take on any form. We need to know that, right? Of course we do. I know we know it in our head. Do we know it in our being? And if we do, how do we discern what God is? Many of us may have been in that cave and said, well, God clearly is in the in the driving wind, right? The strength of God, the power of God, the might of God, you know, the, the uh, omnipotence of God. Gosh, it's going to be in the driving wind or it's going to be in the fire, it's going to be in the earthquake. These show God's magnanimity. I would fall for that every time, every time. But again, there's, there's the, the juxtaposition that this should jar us. That God comes in the sound of nothingness, in the sound of silence, in the absence. And Elijah has the wherewithal to realize there's where God is, exactly where I do not expect to find him. And he goes and covers his face at the front of the cave in an act of humility as God passes by. Brothers and sisters, do we even ask the question that Elijah is asking? Where are you, God? So often in my day, that's just not a question to even be asked. So I'm, I'm not casting aspersions here. I'm just saying, are we even up to asking the question, where are you? Or am I more interested in what's next? What do I have next on my schedule? Where do I have to be? What is happening in my day? Who do I have to cart around? And I think we miss the opportunity to say, where are you? Because I think God is absolutely waiting to be found. And I think when we get to the kingdom and we have that conversation with God, I don't think it's going to be us saying, God, why didn't you show up? I think God's going to look at us and say, why didn't you see me? We have to ask ourselves, are we looking? 
Because God can take any form God desires. As much as you can imagine God coming to you in whatever form that is, God's imagination is that large and even more. So that's question number one. Are we looking? And are we creative enough in that looking? Number two, point number two, my last one, is I want to do an homage to Peter. All right? And then, you know, Peter, we can throw him under the bus. And, and stories like this are so easy to do it. And, and listen, you know, I, God love him. He, he generally, Peter, he generally gets it wrong, you know? I mean, this is, is example number one, right? You know, um, hey, Lord, if it's you, invite me to come out of the boat. Okay, come, and here I am. I'm doing it right for a second, but then I am down, you know? And I'm like, Lord, save me. And he does, and he says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? You know, or we could go to last week, right? Transfiguration. Oh, Lord, you know, I'm scared out of my wits in this cloud of unknowing, but hey, what, can we just, like, build three tents up here for you and Elijah and Moses? Just talking. doesn't know what he's saying. Just talking, like, hey, I want to stay up here. That's pretty good. You know, the cloud just probably chuckles at him. He's like, you meatball. And then says what he really wants to say, the cloud does, which is, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. Not your goofball statements about building tents. Or, you know, Peter, again, with his, his um, just, I don't know, trust in his gut, in the, in the best sense of that word. Uh, when Jesus says, who do people say I am? He says, listen, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. But then moments later, he's telling Jesus, well, you can't go to Jerusalem and die. And Jesus, you know, again, gives him the dickens, says, get behind me, Satan. As if that's not enough, let's go to the Last Supper, right? Jesus says, listen, all you can desert me. And Peter says, I won't. I'll stand with you to the end. And Jesus looks at him and says, oh, man, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. So why is this an homage to Peter? Because this, brothers and sisters, Peter wasn't the only one in the boat. They were all there. And they were going against the wind, no doubt about it. And when they saw what they thought was this ghost on the, uh, on the waters, I mean, in a sense, I think, I, I, I'm, I'm presuming the writer is, is inviting us to this place. They didn't think it was Jesus. They thought this was the coming of death. They thought this signified we are going down. And they were beyond frightened. They ever been in an airplane that just lost its altitude suddenly or went through an incredible turbulence. And for that instant moment, you're thinking, this is it, man. That's it. That's what they're thinking. So Peter is in that state when Jesus says, hey, do not be afraid. Even in the midst of that state, you got nothing to be afraid of. I'm here in the storm. Elijah, Elijah thought he was alone too until he could get all that storm junk out and find me elsewhere. Jesus says, do not be afraid. And Peter is the only one that says, okay, Lord, if it really is you, again, this Peter, the wild man, I'll call him, right? And, and wild men, wild women can be uh, over the top at times. And Peter, check, 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 and check. I just gave you four different examples. But you know what they are? They got big hearts. 
and they got big ideas, and they're not afraid to look the fool. And Peter was not afraid to look the fool. Say what you want about Peter. He had incredible faith. He had the courage to say, Lord, I can't swim. And it'd be essentially you and I stepping out of an airplane. I mean, Lord, I can't do this. But if it really is you, invite me out because I'm going to trust that. And yes, he failed. But you know what he did? He cried out and said, Lord, save me because I can't do it on my own. And do you know what else I know? Eleven other people in that boat didn't have the courage to do what Peter did. Eleven other people, when he said, Lord, when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Eleven other people kept their mouths shut. When Jesus said, listen, I'm, uh, I'm going to go to the cross tomorrow and, and suffer and die, and you're all going to be scattered, 11 other people kept their mouths shut. But Peter said, not me. Brothers and sisters, I don't know this to be true, but I think it might be. I think God is honored more, more, through Peter's wild attempts his crazy faith and his failings and crying out, Lord, save me, or weeping in his shame over denying him, right? Or, or the humility he had to feel in being called Satan. I think God is more delighted in those attempts and failings than staying in the boat. We have a choice Brothers and sisters, we all live in storms. I promise you this. I promise you our God is around us right now. I don't know what you're going through. And, and generally, every day has its storms, some large, some very, very small. And, and God willing, most are very, very small. But every day we have a choice to look for God in the midst of it and to follow where our God invites us beyond the comfortable, into that place of reckless abandon, right? Into that place of wildness that trusts God even if we fail and know that our God delights in us, making the attempt far more, far more than keeping our mouth shut or staying in the boat. Yes, Peter had wet clothes and maybe a sense of humility, a humbling experience around the others in the boat. But he had the delight of God. And only one of them knew what the saving hand of God looked like in that moment. Let's pray. And so, brothers and sisters, we continue through the uh, luminous mysteries. And so let us begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The fourth luminous mystery, the transfiguration. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for opening God's Word with me this weekend for the coming 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. May your week be filled with every good joy. Be well, and God's peace.